Welcome to Freedom Decoded. We are Demir and Carrie Bentley. This is our podcast where we let our hair down, give you a little peek behind the curtain at our lifestyle here in Medellin, Colombia. And today we are at our one of our favorite cafes here in Medellin, one of our outdoor uh, cafes. So if you hear a little clinking and clanking, then that's why. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to bring you a little bit behind the scenes, do a, what would you call that, a rough and ready podcast from one of our favorite locations, just, I don't know, to give you a little peek and flavor into we're what it's in like here wild. in Medellin. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about what we're calling the new office. So it's basically our predictions for what the workspace is going to look like, basically post-pandemic, what it is right now, and where we think we're, it's going to be headed in the next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, I am obsessed with this topic. Yes. I am absolutely obsessed. We're going to be doing more and more about this, but I, I think we were waiting... I don't know what for, but waiting for like a final moment to say, this is where we think the future of the office is going. And I think instead of waiting, we're just going to release something now, give you guys the best predictions that we have over the trends we're seeing and where we think it's all leading. So you can prepare yourself, some of your managers, some of your owners of companies, so you can start to get ahead of the curve a little, some of your employees, and you want to sort of understand how this affects you and impacts you. And of course, we reserve the right to update this and come back to it in the future and, and tell you where we were wrong and um, what we got wrong. So, um, wow. Why don't we structure it like this? Why don't we talk about where we're at now. literally in this moment today yep. and the good and the bad of where we're at today because so much has changed in just the last 24 months. And then we'll go on to make some predictions. So Carrie, what do you think is good about where we're at today? Yeah, so right now today, we're seeing a lot of companies do sort of a primarily remote work slash hybrid remote and in-person situation. I, I think it's, you know, having the remote work option is, is really nice for employees so that they can better manage their schedule, right? It's so like they could balance their time at home better. They can balance their time at work better. Um, so that's a huge benefit to this yeah, remote work yeah, situation. I mean, nice understates it a little. I think it is game changing, like absolutely game changing. Um, obviously, that's where things were going already, but this has accelerated it by 10 years or more. Um, it also removes some of the Foucaultian surveillance from work. I, I think there was still an overhang of going into an office and have your boss breathe down your neck. And there was a management style of like, you can't trust these people. If you take your eye off them for one moment, they're going to slack off or not do their work. And obviously you can't surveil your workers when everybody's remote. And what happened? Did the sky fall? Did everything, all businesses go to zero? No, people, people have self-pride. They want to do good work. You know, if you take your eyes off your employees, oh, heaven forbid, you could actually <laughs> trust them. They could actually do good work and they're worth where they're they're um, deserving of that trust. And I'll tell you what, that might seem obvious today, but I'll tell you two years ago, that was very much in debate. You had people on both sides of that argument saying, I don't know what would happen if you stop surveilling your employees. So that is that that's behind us now. Yeah, and in terms of the employee side, you're able to say goodbye to the distracting office environments. You're saving time by not having a commute. You're able to geo-arbitrage a bit better, maybe move to a lower-cost city, but still maintain your current job. So that, those are all huge, huge benefits um, huge. that were always available to us before, but corporations hadn't adopted that idea that remote work was okay. Yeah, I mean, 
theoretically one could have done it, but nobody's boss would have allowed it. It almost felt like luxurious. So taken all together, in the last two years, a lot of bad stuff has happened, but something really good has happened too, which is that we are now living a life that would have been considered luxurious before. Like everybody has a perk that before was almost unheard of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the bad parts yeah. of the new office. I'll kick it off by just saying, holy Lord, <laughs> way too many zoominis. Yes. And in fact, there's data now to support this that almost all of the time that people, at least in large corporations, gained from not commuting in and out of the office has now been lost to additional Zoom meetings. Sad. That is very sad. Um, what else is bad? You, I mean, sorry, we don't have to go on down this rabbit hole, but like, why do you think that is? I think it's because people haven't learned to use other tools yeah. like Asana or task management platforms or screencasting to get work done outside of meetings. So, so I think like it's a whole meetings. Overcompensating, which is more Exactly. Live it's like, meetings. well, let's just recreate the office environment, but online via Zoom. And yeah. that's not what it's for. And it's bad for your eyes. And it's like really hard to look at yourself for that long on Zoom. So yeah, yeah it's like, that's not the right approach for yeah. remote work. Another thing that's happening is we've, we're sort of moving away from what I call an extroverted workflow to an introverted workflow, meaning, um, you know, it's good news for introverts, like for, for people who love to work solo, have their focus back, not be interrupted, not lose energy from interacting to too, with too many people or be in too many meetings. Those people are really going to win. But it's a loss for all of us extroverts. So for, for those extroverts out there, we are definitely feeling the loss of being able to connect with people to see people's faces, to do collaborative work. So I would say this is sort of a 50-50. It's a win for the introverts and a loss for the extroverts. Yep, definitely. I would say there has been that loss of uh, human connection. Some would say there's been a loss of networking opportunities or mentorship opportunities. I think that's really depends mm. on the company. Like maybe if you're lucky, you had a company where that was really plentiful, but I think chances are that wasn't too robust to begin with. Yeah. So maybe a slight loss there. Yeah. And if you had a, many people don't, most people don't have a really great camaraderie in the office, but if you did, that probably feels like a huge loss. Right. Right. I mean, it's, I would say it's very rare to find that like one out of 10 offices where you're just whistling on your way into work. I've been, but I've, I've had it before right. and I can totally see that if you had a great office dynamic and you really loved your coworkers and you had a blast at the office, you'd be bumming out right now. So that could be a negative. Yeah. So that sort of like pulls us full circle. Where into we are like, now. Yeah, the positives and negatives of, of sort of like a freeze in time moment of where we're at right now. So tell me a little bit about the future of the office. Like what, make a prediction for me, if you will. Our predictions. So right now, a lot of companies seem to be trying out this sort of like three days in the office and the rest of the time remote or like two days in the office and, you know, three days remote. I think that this is going to fail big fail. time. I've already heard from a lot of employees that they think it's it's not helpful. It's very distracting. It makes you change your workflow. It's the worst workflow. of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like trying to combine both worlds, but in some ways just getting the worst of both and, and really degrading some of those productivity gains that we have from remote work. Yeah. Because, so. and, and can I dig in and say like, for example, one of the gains has been, this is really forcing people to, to use the right tools 
at a level of mastery. So the right tool would be something like Asana, project and task workflow, where instead of people like communicating through 60 different methods and whispering to each other in the hallways, yeah. Asana, like remote work forces you to use Asana and use right. If you're going into the office three days a week, what you're really saying is that you never really have to trust your system and get everybody working in the system. Meaning, you know, those two days that you're working at home are really just like days that you get to yourself, but we're still gonna go back to all the old ways and old methods of communicating. It really is one step in the past, one foot in the past. Yes. You know, so I think that's why it's destined to fail. Absolutely, and I, we think that the, uh, the three weeks a quarter in the office strategy is gonna win. Um, Explain that a little bit. Well, it's basically the concept of like you would spend a lot less time in the office, but when you do, it's for a condensed period of time, and there's a real purposeful intention to that time. Everyone's there doing the same thing, so you're not getting pulled in different directions where some people are remote and some people are in the office. It's like meant for team building. It's yeah. meant for connection. It's meant for setting strategy or whatever those big things are. And then everybody can go back yeah. to their home offices or remote offices and, and keep actually executing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, another thing is obviously we're going to see an increased move towards asynchronous forms of communication, yes. right? So um, that doesn't mean that Zoom meetings are going to go away. You'll always have Zoom meetings. It just means that increasingly, instead of communicating through email and through meetings, it'll be with Asana and like screencasts. Right. For those of you who don't know what screencasts are, screencasts are when you basically film yourself. Like, hi, you can see my face, you can see me, but you can also see what's on my screen. And so that's a form of asynchronous communication. And, I, you know, our prediction is you're just going to see more and more of communication go from being instantaneous and live to being serve yourself, meaning I'm going to send you the screencast. You can watch it now. You could watch it in an hour. You could watch it in a day. Just get back to me when with whatever your answer is. So mm. you're going to see an increasing move from synchronous to asynchronous forms of yes, communication. Yes, and this is not a small deal. This is a major deal. Completely changes the game for communication. We've had clients decrease their meetings by like 91% by moving most of their meetings to screencasts. It's a, such a huge win, 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 win. We have a whole training on it if you want to dive deeper yeah. on that. Huge time savings. Just cannot go enough into screencasting. In fact, we have a video on our YouTube channel about screencasting. So right. go search our channel for screencasting. Um, I think this means that the most important new skill that people will be looking for with managers will not be they're charming or they can like talk their way, you know, look good in a meeting. I think the most important new skill of a manager will be can they manage their team effectively remotely. Right. Right. And that will mean mastery of tools like Asana, um, and, but also like knowing an online workflow, meaning knowing what a, a remote workflow would really look like and being able to teach that and mentor it to other people because very few people know how to work remotely. Fewer people know how to teach other people how to work remotely. Totally. So I think this is a huge opportunity for those of you who have a strength in being an introvert, loving technology, loving productivity. Like this is a huge opportunity to step into strengths that maybe weren't valued before that are now going to be at the top Hugely of the list. Hugely valued. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another thing that I think is going to happen is there's going to be a shortage of talented employees yeah. because there's only a certain number of people who will be able to succeed yep. in this remote work environment. The other people are going to need to learn that skill. And so that's going to tip the balance of power in the employee's favor, at least for the time being. Um, and there is going to be that pressure 
because of that, to continue allowing full-time remote work. At least yeah. that's what I hope happens. Yes. Because companies are going to see that the most talented people want to stay working remote. I mean, I think what you're seeing right now is a, a tip in the balance of power towards the employees. So I, th I think what that means, in addition to what you said, is also you'll probably see better amenities yep. and better, what do they call it, benefits? Like, from teams so people are gonna you know companies are gonna be saving on not having to have and maintain office space hopefully what they'll put that into oh and they'll also be saving because people now they know a lot of their employees are moving to lower costs cities and countries so they don't have to pay them as much so there's a lot of cost savings in this for companies i think what they have to add back in though is amenities and benefits right. so I, I hope what you see in this tip of the balance of power is that what people get out of it is the ability to control where they live you know and how they do their work what companies get out of it is just that a, although they have to make those concessions they do get like the ability to get like to to draw from a wider talent pool but we'll talk about that in a second yeah yeah it truly is a win-win because i think what employees really want is lifestyle benefits yeah. not just monetary benefits because right now a lot of people are leaving their jobs because just simply of the lack of flexibility yeah. not necessarily because of their what they're making i mean they're probably making way more and in a much lower you know lower risk way than if they were to run their own business but yet people still are starting their own businesses why because they want that flexibility they want and that the freedom flexibility. they want the freedom they want the lifestyle i mean a business is a billion times harder a lifestyle than to be an employee right so if people could possibly be an employee but control their life more that would be the best of both worlds yeah. in fact let's just i'm going to skip ahead on our list a little bit and talk about how employers are going to benefit employers are going to be able to have a much lower cost of maintaining offices right they're going to be able to access a much wider talent pool um, they'll be able to pay less in wages in exchange for letting people live where they want and manage their work the way they want um, and it, this is a point that you made is that lower performers won't be able to hide out i love that yeah. so excited You're about so, that what is what's exciting about that to well you? as someone who's managed a remote team for the last seven years it's just so glaringly obvious when there's a low performer on your team. It makes it much easier to see because you'll see deadlines getting missed. Um, you'll see that communication is slow. You'll see a lack of ideas and ways to improve the company coming from them. So to contrast that with high performers, those are not necessarily the people who communicate a lot, but you'll be able to see in your project management platform that the high performers are the ones getting things done, yep. getting things done to a high level. They're not being, they're not, not making mistakes. They're not missing deadlines. They're constantly coming up with ways to improve both the company and their job and the systems that they are in charge of. So yeah. it's, it's just so easy to compare people in that landscape. It's funny because like, you know, all of us extroverts out there who have sometimes uh, lagged a little bit in performance, but made up for it in our sparkling personality, this is going to be a hard period. Like, because when you are not in the office and you can't make people think, well, I really like Demir. He's just such a nice guy to be around. And it's just your raw performance that people are judging. I mean, watch out. Like some people who I really think that the, the world's going to turn upside down for a lot of entrepreneurs or sorry, extroverts who were depending on their sparkling personality. Um, and I benefited from that. I've been one of those people who has not been the most talented team member, but I showed up in a very sparkly, effervescent way. And uh, where are you going to show up in that way anymore? I call that the Demir Dazzle. The Demir Dazzle. The Demir well, has that Sorry, Demir Dazzle. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, we also think there's still going to be an office 
just not necessarily big office buildings that are all dedicated to one company. It's probably yeah. going to be a smaller space, but hopefully more nice, like more like a WeWork, where it's like really more yeah. carefully designed with lots of flex space, lots of hot seats, much more designed for those moments where you do want to connect as a team. Yeah, and maybe dotted around the country or the globe. So to try to like, you know, access as many of your employees as possible. In those offices, I think you'll have more like telepresence, like really dialed in, like yeah. Cisco, almost, there's a telepresence system right now where people freak out because they've dialed it in where it just fools your brain to be like, holy moly, I'm literally with this person right now. It sounds and feels and looks. So I think these offices will be tricked out with telepresence rooms that really make it feel like effectively you are in the same room with that person. So you know, a little preview on that. Um, I think also, you know, this is not a hard prediction to make, but I think the, as, as employees realize that they can live wherever they want, I mean, what's the difference from moving out of New York to New Jersey or moving out of New York to Medellin, right? Like the biggest difference is you're in the same time zone. You know, if your internet works, you're able to like show up on all your meetings, except one person can stay home and take care of the kids and you cut your costs by like one six, right? into one six, I would say. So, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of people like, you know, dra draining out of these big cities. I think it's going to hurt like these top tier cities and benefit secondary and tertiary cities. And it's really going to hurt these like downtown office areas and main cities um, pretty bad. So that's, that's a pretty obvious prediction, but I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, owning a lot of, you know, retail space in like a main, <laughs> in like Manhattan or anything. What else? Okay, another one is uh, employee retreats and offsites Ooh, are going to become one. a lot more important and popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, companies will be spending more money on those. So to sort of make up for that lack of whatever personal connection, team building that's yep. supposedly happening right now in the office uh, or happened before in the office, they'll be replaced with really high quality experiences and events where the team genuinely does get to connect with each other, yeah. um, which I would argue is not possible even in an in-person environment because you're too busy doing work, right? Yeah. I mean, what, this is our like little beef, but like people always say, oh, we're going to, we're losing so much in the office. What about our amazing culture? And it's like, First of all, nobody thought your culture was amazing. This was this is one of those things that HR people and like executives like go to they pat themselves on the back for, but it's like their employees laugh at them behind their right. back. Like, you know, 99.9% .9 of companies either don't have a culture or it's like a, what I call a fake culture where they well these are our values everybody, but like your actions undermine that. Totally. I think this will be such a giant leap forward in creating culture because think about it. Instead of like these small meaningless emails or like little things that you get day to day to try to reinforce office culture, like you get to go to an incredible adventure offsite with your team and really get to know them deeply and really get to do like exercises and transformational events together. Like I think this is a big prediction, but I think the world is going to be a billion times better for us having fewer day to day office interactions together. But when we do get together, like once per quarter or twice per year, or even once per year, it is just this mind blowing <laughs> event. And I think it will actually be perceived as employees, not as like, oh, I've got to go to my company right. offsite. It'll be like a perk, like, oh my goodness, we're all going to Bali and like jumping off of like, 
waterfalls and doing trust falls together, you know, like, like I think it will become a major highlight and you'll actually be able to do what they've been pretending to do the whole time, which is create real connection and a true culture. Right, right, right. Sorry, I'm really passionate about that one. Yeah, we, well, we tell. both are. Yeah, I mean, I think to go along with that, sort of the BS and corporate speak will hopefully give way to more clear and transparent communication. Um, we all know how to read through BS right now, so it's really not doing much. Um, but hopefully, with their move to remote, companies, if it starts at the top from the executive leadership, yeah. will start to communicate with their whole team more transparently. Yep. Um, about things like objectives or holding people accountable. Because these things really are so simple to communicate, but they're being muddied right now with cryptic messages yeah. and lots we of meetings. We value integrity and we want to, it's just it like, It doesn't make any sense. Saying? So it makes much more sense if companies were to create a sort of like a billboard of their key objectives, attach names to those key objectives, make that information yeah. available across their entire company, and go from there. Um, and I basically, think, not for nothing, this is where Asana's trying to go with their software. Like the future the of Asana. That capability, the technology exists. It's up to companies to actually use it, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and we touched on this before, but I think telepresence is going to go through like a great leap forward in the next two, maybe five years. But somewhere in that period, you're going to experience like what feels like a 10-year leap in telepresence yep. and not just for big companies that can pay millions of dollars for it but i think for for the average person i think it's going to come in two flavors i think it's going to come in like real life telepresence where where you're going to have booths that you can jump into in a we work where you can schedule time and it literally feels like you are in, in front of that person so more of a cisco level like telepresence where it's almost scary it right. feels like you're so close to that person the second will be more what I call cartoon based like <laughs> Apple emojis they've already got this where it's like they can make a cartoon version of your face that you can then modify and then and it uses a camera to sort of pull your facial expressions and it's literally like the ex facial expressions I'm making right now would be then through AI or machine learning like broadcast onto your emoji which is cool because then you know, you can actually be there without necessarily having the camera on your face. Maybe there's something behind you that you don't really want to show. Maybe you don't want to, you don't have your makeup on or whatever. The lighting's bad. Yeah. This is a way. And also, you can then start putting those characters in 3D space. This is where I start to geek out. But like, you can actually have these characters together in 3D space feeling like there's an interaction. So this is a really out there prediction, but I think you're going to see like telepresence and virtual presence ha make like a huge leap forward in the next two, three years. Yeah, this is one of those things that I really hope you're wrong about, but I also think you're going to be right about. I sort of cringe at this idea, but I also used to cringe at emojis and now I use them all the freaking time. The time. <laughs> so there's that. Um, speaking of crazy predictions, I think workcations, what we call basically working remotely from another country for a while, we're, are going to go from incredibly niche and almost like hush-hush topics to actually being very popular and openly discussed. I mean, even right now when we say workcation, people are like, wait, what? Yeah. What's a workation? But basically, if you do have that flexibility, there's nothing stopping you from taking your whole family to France and living there for, for a month. Yeah. And Can you just, just stop and there. define a workation for somebody who is like, what is a workation? Yeah, so like if you were to take your family to France for an epic adventure, but still be working while you were there. So you'd be doing the same work. You'd have to adjust your hours. 
um, but it gives you that opportunity to travel at the same time without just using yeah. up your limited vacation days. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a whole category where, I mean, imagine somebody who was young and single and wanted to be a digital nomad could split their year in four and say, I'm going to live in Europe for three months and live in Asia for three months. And they're, they're literally showing up and working and being part of a productive team yeah. You know, that's by the traveling. way, that's how our team already has been operating yeah. for the last seven years. So this is nothing new for some teams, yeah. but hopefully will become much more popular. Yeah. yeah. What else? What other crazy predictions do we have? Yeah. So this is sort of in the out there predictions category. I think mentorship has been on this steep decline. I think at this point, mentorship is effectively dead, and we're just talking about its ghost. <laughs> right. You know, and, and so whenever I hear the word member, mentorship, I sort of gag. And uh, quick side note, the reason I gag is because there used to be an incentive to mentor. Right. When you were going to be in the same company with somebody for like 25 or 40 years, there was a strong incentive to build the people below you because those would be maybe the, it would be your boss, but it, it would certainly be somebody who is supporting you, a lieutenant. It would come back around. Now, when we change jobs so quickly, like every year, every three years, there's no incentive to mentor somebody, right? So first of all, I don't, when I, when I talk that, when I talk about mentorship being in decline, what's really declined is the incentive right. to mentor, right? And so I think what's going to happen is we're still, we're going to see mentorship move to paid and like, models that are outside of work where people get payoffs in different ways um, and we are going to see the full official death of work-based mentorship. Yeah, and there are so many great paid options. There's online courses, there's coaches about any topic under the sun that you want to learn about and it's delivered in the ideal format where there's it's a huge win-win for both parties. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. But even like Clarity.fm where like imagine if in addition to be a really successful uh, you know, executive, you could actually have a side income mentoring young people who wanted, who admired you and were in your same industry. Um, and I think that's so much better of an on and, and more honest and transparent a way to just be like, hey, I'm willing to put money to invest in myself to get the mentorship that only you And can by get. the way, Clarity.fm is a platform where experts get paid actually by the minute to talk about their expertise with a one-on-one -on -one with somebody who hires them. So it's really laser, really targeted, and it prevents that sort of uh, imbalance of relationship where a really high-level person is trying to mentor someone with no experience. It's like, well, if that person's willing to pay for that, then they can still have that mentorship. Exactly. And then I think we can end it here. You know, I think you're going to see that we are entering a world of performance over presence. I'm going to say that again. Performance over presence. So what that means is that since you can't surveil an employee to like see are they working the only way is to say are they getting the job done right are they performing are they creating value what that means is there's going to be that one out of a hundred person who can create tremendous value in really small amounts of time either because they're hyper effective and productive or because they are just so uniquely talented at what it is they do and i think you're going to see a world where instead of locking that person down into a full-time salary for one company mm -hmm. very much like there's a there, this model already exists for rock star programmers you've got these programmers that will literally you'll have a team of a thousand programmers who haven't been able to solve something and they'll take it and just put a bounty on it right? and put it to this, these rock star programmers and say, I will pay you a million dollars if you can solve this problem. And they sometimes get it done in one week. So you've like paid a group of a thousand people years 
hasn't gotten done. This person with this just like unique talent can get it done in one week. So I think you're going to see that happen, not just in programming, but in other areas where you just get these rock stars and those rock stars will have huge, huge, uh, not salaries, but multiple salaries really might be working for multiple companies. So I think the distinction between part-time and full-time will just completely go away and you'll really be paid basis of two things. Results. So just get me this result. I don't care if it's two hours. I need this result and I'm willing to pay this money for it. Yep. And hourly. And right? hourly, I yep. just need a body to sit by this phone and if the phone rings, then answer it, right? Right. So I think you'll be seeing people paid hourly and paid by result. Totally, yeah. So more of a variable cost structure. And that, again, is a win-win for, for both parties. Yeah. And it rewards people who are better at their jobs. <laughs> so do you mind if I give a final thought here? Please. Okay, so um, final thought to people who might be listening to this or watching this. The reason that we get out here is not to you know, make a prediction and be like, look, we were right about it. The reason we're getting out here is we want you guys to be prepared. We want you to, if you're a business owner or an executive or even an employee, we want you to be able to sort of be ahead of the curve, um, at least thinking about these issues so you can position yourself in your personal life and your professional life in like the optimal place in this really uncertain future that we're moving into. So this probably won't be the end. We are going to be updating this topic probably a couple times in the coming year or two to just try to give you this sense of where we think the things are going. And as we get more information, we'll constantly update it. All right. Thanks so much for listening. 